0: I pray that you will be blessed by the words that I speak, and I'll ask you to sit. There's a hymn that I'm frequently asked to play called The Summons. The Summons, or number 430 in our hymn book, Will You Come Follow Me, was written by John Bell. And anyone who knows John Bell, he's he's a minister in the Church of Scotland, I believe, or a Presbyterian Church. But he he composed the summons around the time he joined the Iona community which is a Christian ecumenical community of peace and social justice. And he discovered while he was working with the poor that we don't often sing in our hymns about subjects that talk about the poor or talk about unemployment or refugees or minorities. So he really took it upon himself as his personal mission to compose music that speaks to people of all types in our our society and really bringing the kingdom of God into our modern world. Now, John Bell is one of my inspirations, so I do love his hymn, Will You Come Follow Me? And I know there's at least one other person in this congregation that has listed it on my favorite sheet. So, but maybe you know the first line. Will you come and follow me if I but call your name? So the folks that we hear about today in Matthew 4 were also, this story is also called the summons, strangely. They answer this question with a resounding yes. So the folks that we heard about in the reading, they didn't stop to wait and find out who Jesus was or do a background check or even wait for their lunch break. They were working, it was the busiest part of the day, and they went and immediately followed Jesus. Matthew 4, begins with a reference to the Old Testament. And Matthew has actually a lot of references to the Old Testament we heard in the Gospel, our first reading from Isaiah. And so Matthew wanted to make sure that everybody that heard what he had to say knew that this Jesus was just another one of the prophets of old. He was, he had all the authority of Moses and he was come and they would recognize that story before and they would hear themselves in the story. So I'm just gonna reread a little bit of that to maybe help you with this experience. Jesus left Nazareth and made his home in Birch Cove by the sea in the territory of Halifax and Dartmouth so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Light has dawned. Now I don't know if it's only me. But I find it hard to believe that it was only a month ago that light dawned, that we we sat here on December 24th celebrating the birth of a baby boy. And somehow, it seems like a year later, we're we're still here. Two weeks ago, this rapid process of Jesus growing up, we celebrated him ready to be baptized. And now today, on the third Sunday of Epiphany, we're going to celebrate Jesus calling his first students. As an aside, I always wonder how teenagers manage the Christian story, because in the story of Jesus, he goes from baby to adult in really short order. So, so teenagers, I I feel for you. It's it's a long journey between baby and adulthood, and we we don't hear all about it. So, will you leave yourself behind if I but call your name? We heard our story in Matthew 4 this morning, and I think if it was a movie, it would be really short, like under two minutes, because there's not a lot that happens. If we look at a movie of dialogue, not a lot is said. Only Jesus speaks, and he says about ten words, which is, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. So after we hear these ten words, there's a lot of action. Peter and, and Andrew, they immediately leave their nets. And it's a curious call. Jesus isn't walking by, in Galilee, the unemployment office. It's not that he's looking for a few good people without a job. Simon, Peter, and Andrew have a good job. They have a very steady job. They would have been fishermen in Capernaum, which was like a fish processing center for all of the Roman Empire. And they would have been well taxed. And Jesus called them the busy folks. you ever relate to that? (laughs) In the church, you've got plenty to do, and, and then Jesus says, come, come, come do some more. In the second scene of the movie, we hear about James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Now, these are the people that have studied all their life under their father, Zebedee, who's a great fisherman, and they've taken an apprenticeship in the family business. And Jesus calls them to a completely new craft, and he calls them to be disciples Well, what is a disciple? He calls them to basically be students of a new course. And we're all called to this course as well. It's a lifelong learning course called How to Fish for People 101, which is a little odd. I don't know about any of you, but fishing really wasn't in my family's background. So I I really have to learn from Jesus because how to fish for people is just not part of my Ellie would be able to tell you some stories from Cape Breton, but I can't. I I, I know music, but I don't know fish. I will tell you though in the fishing from people that Reverend Dennis did a pretty good job of fishing for me. The bait he used was green apple wine, actually. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Will you use the faith you found to reshape the world around? So what's this mission? What's this calling? What's this vocation? What are we supposed to learn as students of Professor Jesus Christ? How do we go about fishing for people? Since New Year's, I don't know about you, but I have felt truly bombarded by the media with everything I hear that I should fear. So fires in Australia, possible war in the Middle East, and now a virus that's sweeping the globe and maybe in our backyard. And that's the fear. We we heard in our other reading in in the Psalms about the fear. But we know the Lord, so who shall we fear? So I've tried to find the faith this week, and I've thought about all of the students of Jesus Christ worldwide. So if you think of all the kind actions that you have done this week, times it by the amount of you in this parish today, by the amount of people that are in the diocese, the country, and the entire world, I think we would have quite a few actions of kindness and faith. And that world of faith is every bit as real as the world of fear. We just don't hear about it in the media. I have been writing the report for St. Peter's of what we've been doing in the parish and I'm always amazed at what we actually do here. So people have taken care of the building and we've had dinners and we've made decisions. But we don't often have an exact measure of all the wonderful, tiny, little fishing for people things that have happened in our homes and our communities. Because you follow Jesus, how many school lunches have been lovingly prepared? Because you follow Jesus, how many neighborhoods in our community have had their driveways shoveled during our storms? And because you follow Jesus, how many smiles, hugs, and words of encouragement have been spoken? that might not otherwise have been spoken. Maybe you're here this morning from a nursing home, and maybe just getting to church is a huge hurdle. I pray that you will continue to follow Jesus. We never know where our influence goes, and maybe there's a nurse, overworked and overwhelmed, that can't find a smile of their own. Maybe you could give them one. Maybe you're here recently retired from work, and you're exhausted from looking after your grandchildren. Julie actually said that to me. She said, I'm, I won't be in choir, I'm looking after my grandchildren. And I said, what important work, taking care of our future leaders. But I pray that you will continue to follow Jesus. Maybe you can know that that cookie you've baked is not just a cookie. It's a strength and a comfort to a young person that's struggling in school. Maybe you're here and you're exhausted, wondering if the work that you do at your job is at all meaningful to anyone. I know I wonder about that sometimes. I pray that you will courageously continue to follow Jesus. That one kind word that you may speak to a coworker may be the only light in their darkness, in their personal struggle. Like Jesus did so many years ago in a Galilee far, far away, Jesus offers each of us the chance to find great meaning in life. The love of Jesus calls us to keep learning from him as he teaches us how to fish for people 101. And the love of Jesus calls us to build the kingdom of God with each tiny action that we take, with each person that we offer kindness to, whether we're fishing or babysitting or sitting in a chair in the nursing home. May God bless you.